This is the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast with Kristen Burgess, and we're fainting our way into episode number eight. Welcome to the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast, the tips, tools, and straight talk you want for pregnancy, childbirth, and bringing up baby. And now your host, Kristen Burgess. Hi, this is Kristen from naturalbirthandbabycare.com, and we are here for episode 80. I just, I'm always so amazed when we hit something that feels like a milestone, and I guess it's felt like that so frequently lately, but episode 80, wow. So yeah, we're here on episode 80, and um, and this has been an incredible <laughs> few weeks for me and my family, and I am just I'm kind of, I guess, on like a little adrenaline buzz and uh, and and I'm just, I'm happy to be here with you today on the podcast, but basically a lot of stuff has happened. Uh, our, our web server for natural birth and baby care essentially crashed. You can tell what Sadie thinks about that. Um, and that was really, really, really stressful and trying to troubleshoot that consumed a week of my life before we made the ultimate decision that natural birth and baby care needed to move to a new home on the web. And then that consumed quite a few more days of my life, uh, getting that moved and getting that set up. But Natural Birth and Baby Care is now at its new home, and therefore the podcast is at its new home. But you can't see any difference on your end, so you know I'm just happy to be here for you, and I'm and I'm excited to have the website on a on a, at a place where it's hopefully going to perform better for you, so that when you go to check out the show notes or to read something on the website or to check out a past podcast episode, is there for you, so that you can see that and so that you can enjoy that and get what you need. And of course, if you want to let me know of anything, several of you have emailed me lately with some great uh, great ideas for podcast episodes, which I really appreciate. And I've got some guests lined up too coming for you so I'm hoping to get them on the show soon and and everybody contacts me through the website so I'm just happy that that's there to serve you and then of course we're also we just finished up the 2015 ultimate healthy living bundle I hope that you were able to listen to the podcast last week and get the details on that and jump in and get your copy because it was amazing and if you were then I am really looking forward to to having you on the live classes that we're going to do for that. Or if you're listening to this in the future, maybe there will be an ultimate healthy living bundle coming up for you to jump into because it's a pretty exciting time. Then also my family has just started homeschooling for the year and today was actually our first day uh, of homeschooling and... I was excited, you know, really excited to have a good smooth day. So I'm looking forward to a good smooth rest of the week. I'm looking forward to seeing this podcast up for you. And I just think it's going to be nice. And I've got Sadie with me and she's being very squiggly and squeaky. But anyways, what we are going to talk about today is something that was suggested to me by a podcast listener and also by students. And I thought that it was a great topic, and and I figured today was a good day to tackle it while I'm feeling like I'm in a good mood and feeling maybe brave and and more self-assured. But so what we're talking about is helping daddies who are maybe reluctant about the idea of birth for whatever reason. So I hear a few variations of this. One of them is uh, is that I want to have a natural birth or I want to have a home birth or a birth center birth and my husband's just, you know, he's really not sure about that. Or a lot of times my husband would never be okay with that uh, because he wants me to be in the hospital and, and he wants us to make sure that we have the interventions and everything so that everything's totally safe with me and the baby. And then another variation that I hear is 
my husband wants to be really involved, but he's like not at all helpful. And then a variation of that is, is my husband doesn't, he doesn't want to have anything to do with it, you know, like blood and babies and all that women's stuff or whatever it is that they say. It's not his thing. So those are just some common variations of things that, that you hear about birth. Sorry, Sadie's really excited about all of this, apparently. Um, but but what we need to look at is is how can we help those daddies? And I actually, I thought about having Scott come onto the podcast as a guest. And maybe if we get enough popular requests, we'll be able to get him on here. But he's kind of a, I don't know, I guess I'd call him more of a man of few words, you know. He says what needs to be said when it needs to be said. But he's not he's not chatty like I am. Um, so I did manage to ask him what was, what advice would he give to daddies in some of these situations? So like the first thing that I asked him was if there's a mom who wants to have like a home birth or a birth center birth or very low intervention hospital birth, what would you tell a dad who is nervous about that situation because he's worried about safety for his wife or his baby? And he said that what he would tell the dad to do is really just get in there and first listen to your wife and trust your wife because it's her body and she has the right to say what goes. And he said, he said his advice to wives would actually be for you women to know your stuff, understand why this is important to you, why this birth is important to you. And also Understand the research because we know that there's research that supports natural intervention-free birth. And so know your research, and then you're ready to share that with your man. And for the guy, what he recommended for the husband or or for the daddy is that you also do the research. And he said, do the research until you become convinced that this low-to-no-intervention birth is what's safest for moms and babies because... Really, that's what the research backs up. And that if you look into the research and if you dig into the research, then you'll find that a lot of times it's actually all of the procedures at the hospital, all the interventions that are causing the complications. And one thing that he pointed out was look at the hospital. There's a 30% cesarean rate on average across most of the world at the hospital. So why is the cesarean rate that high? What's happening at the hospital to make it so that birth is going wrong 30% of the time? And that's just, I thought that was really thought-provoking. But that's what he kind of challenged dads to think about um, and to look into and to research. And then, like, speaking as me, speaking as Kristen again, I have... um, a site, a page on, on naturalbirthandbabycare.com that talks about talking to your partner about home birth. And there's actually research. I've got a research paper by Judy Sloan Cohen. She's a midwife. Um, I think she's a midwife in Israel right now. But she actually has compiled this research. She's done good research on a lot of topics. Like she talks about going post-dates and things like that. She's got a lot of research papers. But this particular one is on the safety of low intervention or even out-of-hospital birth. And it's really compelling. And she's got a video that goes along with it. And I've got the video embedded on natural birth and baby care. And I've also got her paper, which she gave me permission to, to provide as a PDF 
to natural birth and baby care readers. So you can just go download that. And I think that's a really good place to start. Another great place that I think uh, you can start for both moms and dads is with Sarah Buckley's book, Gentle Birth, Gentle Mothering, or or that would be a good place, uh, maybe not necessarily to start, but to go next or to go in addition to. So these are all things that you can do. But that Sarah's book is just an excellent book to really help you understand, A, how birth works in a fundamentally different way than you probably ever thought about it before. Men kind of think about things in you know, in more of a mechanical, technical way, because that generally is the way men excel in thinking. Scott and I have been reading this fascinating book about how men and women differ in the way that their minds work. And um, despite the fact that that penning the book probably would have gotten this husband-wife team excommunicated by many people, um, they decided to go ahead and write it. And it's really very fascinating, all the research that they've pulled together. But one of the things that they've seen is, uh, is you know, not always, not 100%, but usually guys tend to be more technical. And I feel pretty confident in saying, you know, that there are exceptions and that I understand that there are exceptions because, I tend to be like, I'm I'm a really big geek, ladies, and very analytical and that sort of thing. So maybe a little bit more of a, of a guy type thing there, but I'm still very proud to be a woman. So, you know, don't think that I'm putting women down or anything. And actually, another thing that the book brought up was, was like, why do we women continue to feel compelled to judge our success by standards that were developed for men? You know, so I think we as women need to define our own success. But that's a completely different podcast topic. But anyways, men tend to think a little bit more in mechanical terms, which I think is one of the reasons why labor and birth are defined in such a mechanical stage-by-stage way um, is because that's because it's men who put together the obstetrics textbooks and that's the paradigm that worked in their minds to try and understand a process that they can never understand just because they can never have that experience. So Sarah Buckley's book, Gentle Birth, Gentle Mothering, talks a lot more about the intricacies of birth as like a hormonal process and even as a, as a symphony. I can't remember if she used symphony as an analogy uh, or not, but that's one of the analogies that I like for birth. There's just a lot going on, and I don't remember if I got that from her or, or if that was from something else, so forgive me for that. But anyways, that book is just really good because it talks about the hormones and things, and those are just as important as the mechanical processes and also why disturbing that can create danger for mother and baby. And that's something that men and women both should understand. She also talks a lot about being an informed consumer, about advocating for yourself, about standing up for yourself and for your baby, and you, Dad, about standing up for your wife and your baby. So it's just a really excellent book. And even, Dad, if you don't want to watch all of it, or excuse me, if you don't want to read all of it, you know, Mom, maybe you can ask him to read pertinent excerpts or certain specific chapters that are really going to speak to what the two of you are trying to discuss when you're trying to discuss this about birth and about the safety of birth and especially about the safety of a birth where there's not a lot of interventions. And also, Sarah really covers how you can find, um, you know, how you know when those interventions might really be needed. So you're not just saying, okay, I don't want to have any of this 
just because that's what your standard's going to be. It's it's an intelligent thing. So you can decide, do I need an intervention? Is waiting safe or not? Um, do I need to decline the intervention because I feel it's like it's routine and it's actually going to be dangerous? Or is this really what my baby and I need? It helps you get to that point. And I think that's where a lot of dads want to be. So hopefully that's helpful. Other things that might be helpful for you, dad, are to watch documentaries like The Business of Being Born is an excellent documentary. But reading those things, watching those videos like the YouTube video on my page, which I'll link to in the show notes, and also watching things like The Business of Being Born and understanding understanding that the whole hospital birth thing is not just because it's quote-unquote safe. There's a whole lot of politics and a whole lot of money going on there. And I don't like saying that to sound like a conspiracy theorist or anything, but that's the reality. And I think that when we understand that that stuff has stakes, that those things have stakes, that profit and loss have a stake in your wife's birth, profit and loss has a stake in your baby's birth, Insurance companies and being able to pay the bills and turn a profit for their shareholder has a stake in their recommendations for where your wife is going to give birth. I mean, all of that sort of stuff, it's there. There's no use trying to say that it's not there because it is. And politics are there. Who's allowed in this profession and who's not? That's a political thing. Because if we let her and her and her and her and her go deliver babies at home, then that woman, that woman, that woman, that woman, and that woman are not going to come to the hospital where I'm going to make big bucks for a cesarean. Now, I'm not saying that all doctors are like that or even that the majority of doctors are like that. But we would be foolish not to keep in mind that hospitals make money. And that oftentimes the only department in the hospital that can turn a solid profit is the maternity ward. So you men need to realize that that might be there. And regardless of the individuals, because when I think about the individual doctor or the individual nurse, I think they're probably doing it for the mom. But think about the individuals who are being blocked, such as midwives who quote-unquote aren't allowed to assist women having babies, parents who quote-unquote aren't allowed to choose to have their baby somewhere else. I mean, just think about all the checks and balances built into the system to grant those individuals exclusive access to the profit that might come from this industry. Four million babies are going to be born in the United States this year. And I don't even know how many worldwide in developed countries where this podcast might be reaching. And think about how the profit of that might influence some guidelines. And think about places where maybe profit isn't as big of an issue, uh, such as in the UK where there's a nationalized healthcare system. And I'm not saying I'm in favor of any particular healthcare system because that's not what this podcast is about. But where some of that profit incentive has been changed at least the guidelines towards home birth and that sort of thing look a little bit different. So that's just something to keep in mind. It's just something to consider maybe to chew on as you read about home birth or low intervention birth. I I have a lot of students who have low intervention births in the hospital, so I think it can happen. But people have to keep their hands and their procedures and their machines away from your woman while she's doing her work. 
uh, unless there's really a compelling reason for that to be there. And they also need to keep their hands and their machines and their tubes and things away from your baby while he or she is getting started, unless there's a compelling reason for those things to be there. Because birth is safe, otherwise you wouldn't be here. Um, you know, So maybe you would say, well, my mom had an emergency cesarean with me. But think about her mother and her mother and her mother and her mother before her. How many births had to work to get you here? And birth still works. Your wife still works. So just keep those things in mind, just as food for thought. I don't know if I can convince you to change your mind, like right here. But keep those things in mind. All right? I also asked Scott, what advice would he give to a dad who said, you know, I don't really want to be there at the birth. Or I don't know that I can be helpful at the birth. And what he told me was that he would look at that guy and say, man up. She's got to do this, so you've got to do this. And that was about the extent of his discussion on the matter. So that's his advice. Um, my advice to moms and to dads who are, who are in this situation is a little bit different. You know that I think that it's good to help dad prepare so that he knows what he's going to do during a birthing time. Because, I mean, most of us women, talking to you moms, most of us women don't really understand what we need to do in our birthing time. We don't really understand what birth encompasses because we never see birth. It's been closeted away at hospitals. Or, I mean, I would say that even in the past before there were hospitals, birth was probably kept more private. But there was more exposure. Uh, you knew a little bit more about it then. But, but birth is a private thing. So we don't know tons about birth. And then how can we really expect dad to know a lot about birth? Which is why... When I teach like my mama baby birthing class lessons, when you go through those lessons, I encourage you on particular lessons that your birth partner should listen with you. So you, dad, you should listen with mom so that the two of you know, so that you understand. This is also one of the reasons why I love the pink kit, which I recommend to all of my mama baby birthing students, because it goes into a lot of detail on how the two of you can work together. And I like the term that the pink kit uses, which is a birth coach. And I think it's a useful term for you, dad, um, especially dad, if you watch women's sports. <laughs> um, I don't know if you watch women's teams or not, but like if you're thinking about the coach of the guys team, you're probably thinking about him. You know, they're on the sidelines bawling or grouching around or, or with a severe face or alternately perhaps looking jubilant if his team has just done well. But if they're not doing well, you know, he's probably, he's probably chewing them out. But if you watch women's sports, it's different, right? The, the coach, he's jubilant with them when they do well, but when they do badly, he's more likely to be quiet because women tend to already be beating themselves up. They know what they did wrong. Um, and he's just more supportive overall, more nurturing. So he's going to help them constructively figure out what they need to do. But like, if you see the same coach go back and forth from the girls team to the boys team, his style is different, but he's still a coach in both instances. And, and really, I think during birth, a coach is a good thing because you're supportive. You're definitely there and supportive of her and when things maybe are rocky maybe are rough birth can be intense guys that's okay that's nothing to shy away from it might hurt you to see her hurt but if you both have prepared beforehand you're like the coach you're the one who's got some strategies in mind and 
you need to be sensible and intelligent about it. You know, don't suggest that she do something totally different when she's in the middle of a really tough contraction because it freaking hurts sometimes and she needs a minute to get over it. But then you might suggest something like a position change. Go to the bathroom. Can I get you some water? Can I help you walk around? Can I help you turn into a different position? You seem to have trouble with that one sitting down. Can I help you stand up for the next one? You know, something like that. You have this playbook with you, so to speak. In fact, that's why I created, uh, you know, the ultimate natural birth playbook was really for you dads. And I called it a playbook for a reason because those are all strategies that you can use when, when she's having your baby. And if you guys missed the playbook when I put it around the first time, you can go to birthbabylife.com slash playbook and sign up for the video series that's going to give you the full playbook. There's two versions of it. You'll get one that's a printable PDF so you can actually have that with you when she's giving birth. And then the other is, is more like a pretty version that you guys can look at on the computer, on the tablet, or even on your phone uh, and look at together to get some ideas. And she can look at it and study it to get some ideas. And you both can talk about it. That's important, talking. I, I said that Scott's a man of few words. But I do feel like we were able to talk about things uh, before we had our babies. So just really be prepared and, and be strong for her. Like some guys are like, well, I wouldn't be there. I wouldn't be able to help her. What if I mess things up? And Scott... One of the things that Scott said when he and I were talking about this podcast episode was just you being there is probably going to help her out a lot. And Scott actually says that he doesn't do anything when our babies are born. And he's been there for a bunch of babies at this point. And to me, just what's important is having him there, having him with me, just being there and holding me, even if he's not actively doing anything. And he really does actively do stuff like he helps me breathe if I need help with breathing. And he's just there, physically there with me, physically with his arms close to me. And sometimes he's doing other things like during Corwin's birth, he was trying to get the birth tub filled up because Corwin was coming fast and we didn't have the tub filled. So he was kind of trying to to manage all of that stuff going on too, but he was still able to be there with me. He still listened when I told him that I needed him to stay and I didn't use that many words. It was basically just stay. And I sounded pretty desperate when I said it because I've watched the birth video since then. But, you know, he stayed. And when I told him no, that I didn't want him to hold me in a particular way, he changed. And then I told him yes. So there weren't a lot of words. But because we had talked about this beforehand and, you know, just because we were ready to work together, he was there for me. Even though he would say that I was the one that did all the work, he was really there for me. And I really think that any dad who is willing to be prepared and who is willing to be there with his woman is going to, you know, is going to do a good job. It's funny because when Scott and I were engaged, uh, I knew that I wanted to have home births for our babies and I wasn't going to take no for an answer. And so I told him that it was a deal breaker <laughs> if he told me that we had to have babies in a hospital. I basically said, you know, I'm going to have my babies at home or we're not going to get married. So he didn't have much choice in the matter. But but that was, again, something that Scott said he gave advice to you mamas is really stand your ground. You do your research, mom. And remember... It's your body and it's your baby. Of course, it's dad's baby too. But the evidence for undisturbed birth is very compelling. 
The safety of undisturbed birth is almost always there. Of course, there are times when we might want interventions and they're life-saving, which is why it's good to be aware and mom to listen to your intuition, to listen to that sixth sense. Um, and as our book that Scott and I have been reading on husbands and wives talks about, it might not be that we have a sixth sense or intuition. It's just that women tend to have a little bit higher sensory perception overall going on. And, and also birth is our domain. We know what's going on with our bodies and our babies. And, and I've had several students who knew that they needed some sort of intervention and also a lot of students who knew that they needed to stay away from it. So trust yourself, mom. And I would encourage you to be willing to bring this information to dad and to help him go through it, but also to be willing to stand your ground uh, and say, look, I know that this is best and not be mean about it. Uh, not be, you know, words that we won't say about it right here because we're not very polite and this is a family-friendly podcast for the most part. But but be firm and let dad realize that there's a reason for this that's not silly, it's not frivolous, it's not stupid girly stuff, but it's really backed by evidence and that you and your baby are strong and that you can do this and you would really like to have him along for the ride. So I hope that that's been helpful. Uh, I hope that you guys are able to have a beautiful birth for your baby and that both of you are able to get a lot from the podcast. I know that I have daddies listen to the podcast because you've written into me and let me know. So if this one was helpful for you, let me know. If you have any other topics that you'd like me to cover, then please let me know. If you would take a minute to leave me a rating for the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast on iTunes or on Stitcher, and especially if you could take just a minute to leave a comment, let me know what you liked. Let me know what you think I could improve on. Uh, it really makes a difference. Again, I know I say this a lot, but the more ratings that the podcast gets, the more families it reaches. And my goal is to touch the life of many, many families. So thank you so much for listening. Let me know your thoughts. I love hearing from you. Have a blessed week and I will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to the Birth, Baby and Life podcast with Kristen Burgess. For great resources and tons more info, visit www.birthbabylife.com. Visit www.birthbabylife.com.